listeners <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't tell me you were gonna do that. <laughs> that was terrible I'm trying to make it happen I love it. oh my god <laughs> I love it she's like that's our new fetch <laughs> lady listener I t- she like texted the other day she's like can I start calling you calling them lady listeners and I was like you can do whatever you want yeah, I don't yes, care Tessa, yeah. if this is what's in your heart go for it Mel's response to pretty much anything I say is, I don't care. <laughs> like, do what you want. It doesn't matter to me. But that's genuinely her response. Like, she genuinely. She means that. It yeah. does not care. Yeah. She's not saying it in a passive way. She's not saying it because she's being a bitch. Like, she just doesn't give a fuck. It's true. Like, right, whatever. It took, me, it took me a long time to realize that. <laughs> I got my feelings hurt a lot in the beginning, okay? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, you guys, this week on the podcast, we have Securing Brene by Susan Stoker, and we're really excited about it. I think this is our first What's romantic up? suspense, right? Like, I don't think there's been any, yeah. Kind, yeah. Of, any kind of like major plots in any of these books. <laughs> hey, hey, we had a plot, I think. I would have to check, but I think there might have been one. <laughs> no, that's true. That This one has like a scary one uh, with danger and guns and stuff, so. And sex. And blood and gore. Yeah. And sex. <laughs> and sex. So, like, I think, uh, like, I'm so excited to talk about this subject. I love suspense in general. You know, we talked about it before, Tessa, where you said you don't read a ton of romance. Like, it has to be a really great story or, you know, really specific to what you're after. I'm the same way. I read a lot of suspense, a lot of, I say true crime, but that's not it. Thrillers, like, you know, those kind of things. I've read a couple of romantic eh, suspense books and like some of them were, you know, big, huge authors like Nora Roberts and that kind of thing. And I found them very boring, you know, like, and maybe that was just Nora Roberts or the, the particular book I read. I mean, obviously she's a huge success with, you know, that anybody would want. Should we start the podcast just... over because you just called Nora no, Roberts boring? I know. No. <laughs> I didn't read that particular Whoops. book. It just wasn't, it was not my thing. I was just really excited for this because it sort of combined my two favorite things and I'd never found one that I loved and I love this. So that's what I'm really excited about. So yeah. Yeah. No, I used to read like strictly romantic suspense. I would say probably in my early 20s. I read like Iris Johansson and Karen Robards, like the ones that you find in, you know, like hardcover at Barnes and Noble or even at like a Dwayne Reed or Rite Aid, whatever yeah, you guys have. Yeah. And yeah, I, lo- I loved it. Like I actually have like four Suzanne Brockman books stacked on my, on my desk right here, which my, which is like holding my foam thing that like captures the sound because yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I've got them. Yeah. I, Suzanne Brockman is one of my favorite romantic suspense writers and Susan Stoker's book really, really reminded me of her. And I, which is like, she's one of my favorites. So that's, it. that's, a, that carries some weight. It carries some weight. And I, I'm, I can't yeah. wait to read more of her stuff. Like it, it was so good and like yeah. so knowledgeable of the military because I like I said I think she's a military wife so yeah I was gonna say yeah. I listened to today's episode which was on Mated to the Reaper I listened to that today and you were talking about it and I was like that makes so much sense like I've met her before and Mel's even commented on like how organized she is and stuff and did you say it was because of that because when 
Tessa said it on today's episode. I was like, oh my god. I think I had said just randomly offhand, I was like, oh my god, I just love Susan's website. Everything she does is so organized. And Tessa was like, she's a military wife. I'm like, oh. I get it. That makes absolute perfect sense now. Yeah, it's all regimented. Awesome. I've been reading her. I've read her for a few years. I do her audiobooks, but I always do most of my suspense in audio. Yeah, and when Mel It's one of my favorite things to do in audiobooks. And you told me that she had a ton of these in audios, and I was like, fuck yeah, I got three credits on Audible. I'm about to burn through right now, baby. (laughs) Because I'm like, yes, I need more of this. Uh, just like listening to or you know being able to listen to um romantic suspense like mel said is is the best for me i love it so i remember i'm gonna have to pull it back up through my phone but cynthia eden had one where i was like i remember i was in my basement like listening to it and it got so scary i was like leaning down in my chair my husband's like what are you doing i'm like it's getting scary it's getting scary (laughs) (laughs) i've never actually been scared while listening to an audiobook until her I was like, oh my god, I can't do this. I had to stop doing the audio of that book and start reading so I could go faster. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I I think maybe it's because the three of us have this sort of obsession with true crime. Like, Mel will tell you, what are the the videos that you watch? Or what's the show you watch? Oh my god. Evil lives here. Oh my god. Okay, it's so tell, freaky. It's as so she Mel watches some fucked up shit. Like <laughs> I love my favorite murder and you know that that podcast also Tessa does obviously. But when Mel tells me about this show, I'm like, I've got chills. So what what is this? Like, what is it about? So I think Evil Lives Here, I hope I'm getting that title right, because I've watched a lot of them, is my favorite one. And it always sets down, like, like somebody sets down, and the intro is one of the best intros I've ever seen. I'll send it to you guys. I'll record it and send it out whenever this goes live, because it's one of the best I've seen. Like, it's freaky, like American Horror Story freaky. Do you watch it on Amazon? Is that right? uh Uh-huh. I watch it on Amazon. And somebody, like, sets down, and it's literally them, and they sit down, and it starts to go. It's where she's, like, a person starts from the beginning of their life, and they explain how they lived with evil. And it would do things so they would start to tell their of how they knew this person. And then it would like the screen flashes and it would be like, but there were signs. And then they take you through their whole story and you're like, oh, my God. Is there a oh reenactment going oh on God. while they're telling a story? Like, is there a reenactment? Yeah, that's some of it. Yeah. So there's some reenactment and then it's flashing back to them. And then they're just they just have one camera on them. But and it's a true story. Sometimes, yeah, it's a true story. Sometimes they're like in the middle of the thing. They're like. I got. I, I need a moment. I need a moment. And they get up and get off screen, and then they'll come back. And it's people talking about like their moms, their husbands, right. their kids. Oh, like their so, kid was a killer. I'm telling you, like some of this shit she tells me. I'm like, how do you watch this? Like, I think I'm fucked up. And then Mel's like, quietly. No, I up, I actually watch like that show. I watch Eva Lives Here. I watch Wives with Knives. I watch like the yeah, Evil Lives Next Door. Oh my god, the Evil Next Door, or like something about bad, uh, scary neighbors and. It's all on the same channel. It's like one after the other. A and E. Yeah, or it's like yeah, ID Discovery. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I watch it too. It's really good. And then have, old, you, well, have you seen the women behind bars one? No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. We all talked right. about that before. That one's a no. Good one. Sorry, pregnant behind bars. Oh shit, oh, that's different. No, we said, what was the, there was like a lady killer one we talked about the other day. I don't know. I watched it. Maybe it was. I was at my parents' house. 
but like I remember I watched this one and they were talking about like women who had, who were murderers and stuff. And so that was really neat. And I was I just that was really neat. It was fascinating. <laughs> they are fascinating. So, yeah, there's so few that actually do it. They're poisoners, generally. Yeah, yeah. They they like to slowly draw out the deaths. And they're very clean. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I, because uh, they're, they're, actually, they're the bitches that gotta clean it up. You guys want to hear at the um the you guys know the autopsy guy who did like the OJ Simpson? Yeah, the, the, the old guy. He's like this famous. The old forensic autopsy. file is it? Forensic yep. files? The no, he one? was. I don't know if he was on forensic files, but he has an autopsy. The autopsy There's like one. Five episodes on it. It was okay. on HBO. It's like in the nineties. Yeah, but yeah, you can yeah. still get it on. I rewatched it a while back. You guys want to hear the most stalker story ever? Yes. yes. I'll tell you one of the stories on his. So there was this older guy that fell in love. This was back in probably the 1920s, 30s. I can't even remember. Maybe 40s. Anyway, so he's like 20, 30 years older than this girl. And he falls in love with her. And he marries her. And their relationship is taboo. And all these things. But she dies. She gets sick. Right? And dies. He goes and digs her up and takes her home. I wish you could see Tess's like, face right now. And like, he, like, preserves her body and, like, even does things with so her. So what is Alexa, you know what I mean? the, what is Alexa Riley writing this book? <laughs> and not only that, Stop. they keep going and taking this body from him. They keep taking it away. Prison. And he keeps, go, he keeps Yes, and he keeps it. getting it. Stop and now it. nobody knows where this girl is buried. They had to hide it. Oh, my God. They're like crazy old Maurice back to get his corpse wife again. (laughs) (laughs) I like that Beauty and the Beast restaurant. Crazy old Maurice. That's obsession. (laughs) That is definitely obsession. her dead body to fuck it. That's that's a hero. Like, and preserved it, like, very nicely. The room and everything. I was like, this is creepy and kind of romantic. (laughs) I love it. Well, we just went straight into necrophilia right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> Season two, baby. Season what, two. Is that, even, is that allowed on Amazon or is that a ban? <laughs> well, I feel I mean, like. I don't know any. Go, 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 go. I was just. I don't know anybody that's gotten banned for it, so maybe it's not bannable. I don't know. <laughs> no one's tried it. That's why. Okay, so I was going to save this till Friday to talk about, but now I feel like we should just talk about it since it's kind of on topic. There's like a scene later in this book and it like. I'm not ruining anything, ruining anything by saying this, but she, you know, the heroine's in danger. And I want to know if you guys have ever, <laughs> have you guys ever been in like real danger? Like where you were going to, like you thought you could die. <laughs> I didn't think I was, could die. But I remember one time when I lived by myself for a short time, I think I was like 21. I stepped outside and I just stood there and I don't have the best hearing as everybody knows. And I'm standing, it's pitch black outside. And I swear to God, I'm hearing a woman whimper. Oh, my God. And you have that that fear up. So I call the cops and I'm on the phone and I'm like, I think I hear a woman whimpering. And it's that fear of, do I go and try and find this where it's pitch blackout? So you like I'm moving a little bit closer and then hearing the whimpering of help me. And then you're like, but you don't know what to do. You're like, do I go? Do I wait for the police? If I don't stop now, could she die? It, that was probably one of my scariest moments. Well, what happened? Of that moment well, of what? The fuck what There's do no end. No. So I guess across the street from me, in two houses down, a woman had beat his wife, 
and she had, I guess, ran outside, but she had fallen in the ditch. Oh, oh my no. God. But I went to the end of my driveway, and I'm trying to hear, but actually part of my hearing problems is sometimes I think a sound comes from a different direction. Oh. So when I hear something, I don't always know which way it's coming from. So I'm standing there, and I'm on the phone with the cops, and the cops are like, no, back into your house. And I'm like... But I can, I swear I hear her. I'm getting closer. Her whimpers are getting louder. Oh, God. That's terrible. That's scary. That's scary as shit. For her, mostly. But also, just hearing, like, any kind of voice in the dark is scary. Right? Yeah. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. What about you, Leah? What about you, Tessa? Well, I was going to say, I can't think of anything, like, right off top of my head. What about you? I mean, you're in New York. It probably happened, like, every other day, right? One time, yeah, I have I have a couple of things. One time I was on the subway and I realized I was the only one in the car. Somebody was, and a man was touching himself on the car. <laughs> I looked down and I was like, oh shit, Stop. I started running. I ran through the subway cars and then got off on the next exit and ran all the way home. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It was so jarring. It was just like jarring. Oh, no, he had the whole thing yeah. out. Like it was out, you know, like. And he was touching it, it, and he was doing it, doing his business while he was looking at me. And I, and I, I and mean, I was the only one on the car. And it was, it was night, it was late at night, and I was like, "This is, this is bad." Oh yeah, that's super. The bad. The only other time, one time, this is not like I was, I wasn't in like danger, but the scariest thing I can remember is one time in high school. I was the sober, I was like the designated driver for my friends one night, going to parties and whatever, like house parties, and. We were on our way to another destination and the girl in front of me that we were following, like I knew she'd been drinking and she was like 16 and, you know, just, I I was just like, I I was nervous the whole time. And then she took a left-hand turn and she hit a car and the car flipped over and it skidded, it turned over and it skidded on its roof past my driver's side window, like upside down. Oh my God. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) And it was like in slow motion. There was four, like four of my friends were in yeah. the car and we all just like froze and then we all jumped out of the car and we went to the car and started opening the doors and there was four kids hanging upside down in their car seats in that car. <laughs> I just got chills. Jesus yeah. Christ. And oh my God. I know. And so anyways, the the mother was like, she couldn't even speak. Like she was totally, Yeah. I, I don't know, she like couldn't even answer me she was just anyways we were like we were just got all the kids unfastened and brought them over to the this lawn area and then the none of the kids would tell the cops what happened none of the high school kids except so i was like oh, i'm telling them i'm like she was drinking <laughs> You're just i was like, like no, she almost killed totally a whole family sick. of six here anyways oh shit yeah yeah really endeared myself oh, to and it was like <laughs> It was awful. It was That's the worst heavy. thing I've ever seen happen. And like four of us jumped out and we, and I was just, I didn't know what to do. I was just, um, I remember going home though at like two o'clock in the morning and like waking my parents up out of a dead sleep and being like, you're not going to believe what just happened. It was just the weirdest almost thing. almost died. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, it didn't feel like I was in danger. It was just such a scary thing to happen that close to you, you know, like. Remember, yeah. remember last year when I was taking my kids home? And I found that guy. <gasps> yes. Okay, do that one. That's a good one. <laughs> well, that's not really a scary moment or scary for me, but I'm driving down the road and in the middle of the road is like a moped my- motorcycle thing. And I live out in the country and I'm like, 
okay so i stop i put my, my kids are in the car and i put on my hazards i was like don't move you guys stay in here i get out of my car and there's a man in the ditch and so, there's how many blood. ditches are around oh. you like so many <laughs> ditches lots of dishes <laughs> and there is just blood all over him his i can completely tell his arm is broken oh my god like, it is the wrong way and i'm like oh my god so i have to get down in the ditch and i'm trying to wake him up and i'm getting him i'm waking him up and i'm calling 911 it took 911 like 20 minutes i swear to get to me because they could not find me Oh my god, did he wake I'm up? on a back country road. At that time, did he wake up? He kept trying, he kept trying to, um, yeah, he would come too, and I couldn't get him to go the right way, so he kept choking on it, like, his blood. Oh no! And, and he probably thought I was the most annoying person in the world, because I'm like, okay, I just have to keep him awake, right? And I'm like, so, do you live around here? Are you married? So, How many please kids tell you me, got? please tell me that the, the, the woman from your first story took a baseball bat to her husband, and that's who this is. Yeah! I wasn't going to tell you, because it, what it's sad about the whole story is, when I, I moved in there. She wasn't there. She was a mail order bride from Russia. And I think she'd been there like six or seven months. She moved in with him. She brought like a, a 15-year-old boy with her too. So. Oh, no. Surprised she's okay. Had, so. um, Maybe she is. That's some 90-day fiance. But, that, but so. that was the – I had to call that guy's wife. Oh, the motorcycle guy. Yeah. They got, they finally got, I got him up and I'm like trying to, and he's like, I'm like, can you tell me your wife's number? And he's. It takes me like five minutes to get the number for him, and then I call him I'm like, "So I have your husband's phone, or I have, I'm your, I'm with your husband. There's been an accident, and she's like panicking. I'm like, no, calm down. <laughs> I love that Melsa voice of reason in this. <laughs> but I'm actually not usually the person of reason because I've had I one of those moments where everybody. When something really scary happens, like I was telling you guys the other day, there was this tarantula bigger than my hand, and all we see it, and it's like five feet from me. Everybody screams and takes off running. I do not move. I'm the paralyzed person. I just stood there. I think I, yeah. I think I would too. Honestly, I would. I was just like, okay, so this is how I die. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done anything spiders don't bug me at all i'm totally fine with spiders now if it was a snake i would have shit myself it was almost badass though because then these two guys come running by they're like what's wrong because we're in a cabana and we're like tarantula and they're like nope and they take <laughs> off going and this australian lifeguard this pretty little blonde comes up she's like oh a tarantula and she like puts it under her hand ah! and like picks it up and she's like they're not poisonous it just hurts if they bite you yeah. I'm like, and she like carries it away while there's other men like ran off like little bitches. <laughs> Australians are badasses. I know because they have like fucking insane things there. Don't they have like bats as big as like a they house? They have or giant something? spiders, but like a, a lot of my readers have been like, when are you coming to Australia? And I'm like, when you guys get rid of your fucking giant ass spiders, that's when. But honestly, and uh, they made up this thing called drop bears, which which like a bunch of tourists have decided is real about a koala bears that like jump out of the trees and land on tourists with giant teeth and it went viral and people thought it was real and now everybody's scared of drop bears as well one of my one of my like one of my most vivid memories from childhood is my mom and i being in the bathroom like she was giving me a bath and then uh one of those giant water bugs appeared over the door and (laughs) we wouldn't leave the bathroom until my dad got home 
we were in there for two and a half hours, cuddled together on the toilet. Because we were afraid it was going to fall on us when we ran out of the bathroom. This, this reminds me of my daughter, because me and my son will scream bloody murder if there's a bug, right? And Isabel, my daughter, like, I'm coming. Where is it? Yeah, she she's comes she's in like, to save the day. Yeah. And she's, like, tiny. She's, like, one of those girls that's going to be 100 pounds soaking wet when she yeah. comes up. And she's like, I'll get it. And me and Peyton are, like, in the corner. Yeah. My daughter. My daughter had her little friend over, a boy named Alex, a couple weeks ago, and they uh, there was a spider in our basement, and she she went and got a shoe and killed it. And this, this the little boy comes up the stairs. He looks at me with a solemn expression, and he's like, "You have a brave daughter." <laughs> cute and then she like later that night she goes she goes mom remember when alex said i was brave oh <laughs> so cute that's so sweet i know i love them forever they're super that's cute adorable. so this is their romantic suspense <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're having their own romantic suspense right now killing spiders and being cute securing spider <laughs> yeah exactly okay so should we just go ahead and play installment number one of securing Brene. Should we do it? Yeah, should we let, should it. we let them go? Let's do it. All right. We'll let him get into it. Let him get into it. Okay, you guys enjoy it. The first installment of securing Brene by Susan Stoker. And we'll talk to you in a little while. Bye. 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 Securing Brene. Seal of Protection. Legacy. Book 1.5. By Susan Stoker. Chapter 1 Brene Creasy sat on the rock wall on the beach and tried to be patient. When she and her husband, Rear Admiral Dag Creasy, had arrived at the quarterly SEAL family picnic earlier, their plans had been to hang around just long enough to say hello to the men under his command and then head back home. Home at the moment was an apartment, as the house they were having built wasn't ready yet. Their other house had sold surprisingly fast, and thus they were marking time in an apartment for a few months until they could move into their dream home overlooking the Pacific Ocean. But not too long after they'd arrived at the beach, their lazy day out had taken a turn. The traitor her husband had been looking for had made his move and tried to kill a young woman right there on the beach. Brene had watched the whole thing in disbelief and fear, both for her husband and the woman who had almost died. Without blinking, Dag had entered the fray right along with the much younger Navy SEALs. When shots had rung out over the beach, shattering the peaceful and fun outing, she still hadn't panicked. She trusted Dag, and more importantly, she trusted the SEALs he worked with. More than two hours had passed since the incident, but Brene refused to leave. Dag had come over and spoken to her briefly, telling her he was going to be a while and she should go on home. But she'd declined. She'd done what she could to reassure the other wives and their children before they'd left. But even when the air cooled and she shivered, she refused to budge. Dag was stressed. She'd been married to the man for almost 30 years. She could read him better than anyone in the world. To everyone else, he was the one they turned to for direction. They looked up to him and respected him, almost revered him. But to her, he was just Dag. The two of them had been through so much. She knew him inside and out. And right now, he was hurting. She wasn't leaving without him. 
No way. Brene had always been proud of Dag, but at that moment, watching how easily he handled everyone around him, reassuring those who needed it, using his rank to smooth things over with law enforcement, and being compassionate to the young woman who had almost lost her life that evening, she was even more proud. Every time she looked at her husband, she saw the young sailor she'd met when he was at the Naval Academy, and she was a struggling community college student working at a rundown diner. But it was times like this, when it was hammered home, that he was one hell of a leader. Men and women looked up to him, looked to him, when the shit hit the fan. By the time the sun started sinking below the horizon, most of the police officers and naval investigators had left the beach. The SEALs, who'd been directly involved in the rescue of the woman, had been dismissed. Renee watched as Dag finally shook the hands of the remaining law enforcement personnel and made his way toward her. He was wearing a pair of jeans and a black t-shirt, but even out of uniform, he had no problem garnishing respect from everyone he met. But Brene couldn't take her eyes off his face. He was exhausted and sad and pissed and worried about her. She hated adding to his worries, but there was no way she could have left. She stood when he approached, and to her surprise, instead of putting his hand on her back and leading her to their car, he reached out and enfolded her in his arms instead. Dag wasn't a demonstrative man, especially in public. He was always aware of his rank and the responsibilities that came with it. As a career Navy man, he'd learned a long time ago to hide his true feelings behind a stoic mask. So taking her in his arms and holding on as if she was a feather who would blow away in a brisk breeze was an unusual move and made her heart clench. She was half a foot shorter than his six feet, but she still felt him bury his nose in her hair as he held on to her. Wrapping her own arms around the man she loved with all her being, Brene palmed the back of his head, the short hair brushing against her palm in a way that was familiar and comforting. I'm sorry, she said softly. That had to have sucked. Yeah, Dag mumbled against her hair. You're okay, right? She asked. He huffed out a small chuckle and straightened and looked down at her. I thought you'd grown out of asking me that. Brene Mock glared up at her husband. Dag, you came home from a mission with a bullet wound and tried to blow it off as if it was nothing. He shrugged. I hadn't seen you in a month. The scratch on my arm could wait. Seeing you couldn't. She melted inside at his words, but still scowled at him. Scratch? The bullet was still inside your arm, and it was infected. She shook her head at him. I learned my lesson that day. Make sure you're really okay first, then carry on with whatever we were going to do. I'm okay, hon, promise, he said softly, his brown eyes fixed on hers. Good, you're cleared to leave? Yeah, the Navy is sending someone over to notify his wife of his death. We should go over tomorrow. Dag swallowed hard before nodding. I wasn't going to assume you'd want to go with me. I've known her for as long as you knew him. This is going to be hard for her and their kids. I know. 
I love you, Brene. I don't know what the hell you saw in me when I was a punk-ass kid, but I've never regretted one day of the time we've spent together. Me either, Brene told him. Their marriage had certainly had its ups and downs. Thirty years of being married to a man devoted to the military wasn't a walk in the park. But when all was said and done, she'd never stopped loving him. Let's go home. God, I wish our house was done, he mumbled. There's nothing more I'd like than a nice long soak in that hot tub being installed on our deck. Brene agreed with him, but simply said, we'll make do with a shower. Come on. Dag put his arm around her waist and hugged her to his side as he walked them to their car in the parking lot. It was one of the last ones in the deserted lot, but he still constantly looked around, making sure she was safe as they walked toward it. Within 15 minutes, they were pulling up to their apartment complex. It was dark by then, and again, Dag made sure to keep an eye out for trouble as he led her to the front doors. One of the things Brene loved about her husband was the way he constantly touched her when they were alone. In public, he was always the consummate professional, always aware that people were watching him, judging him. But in private, he more than made up for his lack of public displays of affection. If they were close enough to touch, he did. His fingers at the small of her back, a hand on her arm, his hand engulfing hers. It was a short ride up to the third floor, and before she knew it, they were inside their two-bedroom apartment. The second the door closed behind them, Dag took her hand in his and made a beeline for their bedroom. Surprised, Brene followed him without a word. She was hungry, as they'd been on the beach for hours, but she didn't complain. Whatever Dag needed right now, she'd gladly provide for him. He headed straight for the bathroom attached to their master bedroom. It wasn't anything special, Formica countertops, the walls a putrid green color. But since it was a rental, it wasn't like she was going to spend the money or time to remodel. Dag held onto her hand even as he leaned over and turned on the water in the shower. Then he stood and looked her in the eyes as he finally dropped her hand and began stripping. Renee couldn't help but stare at her husband. At 53, he was still just as handsome as he'd been at 21. More so, actually. He'd lost his boyish hotness and now looked distinguished. His brown hair was turning silver, and the scruff of his beard was gray rather than the dark brown it used to be. He had lines on either side of his eyes, but the look in them was just as intense now as it had been when he was in college. He tugged off his shirt, and Brene licked her lips in anticipation. His biceps bulged with his movements, and she loved the prominent veins in his forearms. He couldn't quite keep up with the seals who trained on the beach every morning anymore, but he wasn't exactly ready for the nursing home either. His stomach was still flat, and he still had the faint outline of a six-pack there. He was so incredibly handsome and he was all hers. You gonna join me? Dag asked softly as he pushed his jeans down his muscular thighs. The bulge in his boxer briefs could still make her mouth water in anticipation. Her man might be in his 50s, but damn, he was so fucking hot. Sometimes Brene still had a hard time believing he was with her. 
Dag had been her first and only lover, and she'd never felt as if she'd missed out on anything. He'd always made sure she was satisfied before he took his own pleasure, every single time. Dag was a generous lover, and inventive, too. When he shoved his underwear down his legs, Brene licked her lips again and shook herself out of the trance she'd been in. Removing her own clothes in record time, she was soon as naked as her husband. She was showing her age a bit more than she was comfortable with, but Dag's eyes never failed to sparkle when he saw her naked, and that was all she cared about. He held out a hand to steady her as she stepped over the rim of the bathtub into the generic shower, much too small for her liking. Dag joined her immediately. Reaching for the water, he turned it just a bit hotter, then sat down at the bottom of the tub. Knowing what he needed, Brene turned her back to the water and straddled her husband's thighs. The second she was seated upon him, his knees came up pressing her into his chest and cocooning them in the bottom of the tub, the air quickly filling with steam. Brene wrapped her arms around Dag's neck and buried her nose into the space between his neck and shoulder. She felt his arms clamp around her as well, one around her waist, keeping her steady, and the other around her upper back. It wasn't often Dag wanted to cuddle like this, but in the privacy of their home, the steam so thick around them, it was hard to even see each other. He let down his guard, with her, only with her. Brene felt his chest heave with the first sob, and her arms tightened. Tears fell from her own eyes as she held her big, tough navy seal while he cried. Cried because the person he'd thought was his friend, someone he'd respected, had turned against his government and had tried to murder someone. He'd let greed take over his life and change him into a man Dag didn't know anymore. Brene knew tomorrow her husband would be back to normal, would be the man everyone looked up to and respected. The man who'd stand face to face with his friend's widow and let her blame him if she needed to. But here in their little corner of the world, Dag was a man who needed the loving embrace of his wife. Hello again, lady listeners. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to try to make that happen. It's going to get you every time. It is. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that. I, I don't think we mentioned that these characters are a little on the older side. Like, I think they're in their late 40s, early 50s, which is really refreshing and nice. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. Like, I, you know, I don't generally pick up books with older characters. And I'm like, why don't I? It's really... Yeah. Yeah. There's just not many, like, you know, there's, uh, I remember, is it Charisse Sinclair that wrote about, she did one of her BDSM books in The Shadowlands, is that right, the series? It's The Shadowlands, yeah. Masters, yeah. Masters of and, the Shadowlands? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I can't, it's been so long since I've read them. But there was um, an older woman in that, and she had a son that was in college. Or maybe it was two sons, I can't remember. But, like, the, the guy that she met at the club or whatever was like that. And he was older as well. And I remember, like, I mean, that story still stayed with me. I love that. That was the first one I ever read that was like, oh, my gosh, like, she has gray hair. Like, this is, you know, everybody deserves love. Yeah. So I just thought it was, you know, love at any age. I like that you could, that that's like the relatable, you know. Totally. Okay. So Susan Stoker, she has 
a lot of free books. Rescuing Ray. Okay, basically every series that she has, and she has quite a few, each of those series, the first book in um, in those series is free. So you've got like... Yeah, go... Go to her website and she lists <laughs> down all of her series. And you click them and it shows you all the books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you get links there and everything and takes you all to the good stuff. I'll put the link to her website in the episode description. And I'll also put the links to the free books, which are Rescuing Rain, Protecting Caroline, and Justice for Mackenzie. She also has a ton of stuff in KU, Kindle Unlimited, and she has 35 books in audio. So if you guys are all getting addicted to audio, mm-hmm. go grab them up. And she also Get your asses on this. Yeah. I know I am. And there's a character in this story named Kate, and her book just came out. It's called Securing Kate, and it's it just came out yesterday. The cover is mega hot. It's it's like it's really yep. good. And also, Susan is giving away an audiobook of choice, so I'll put that link in the episode description, and then make sure you click on it and try to win. We'll be sure and share it all over social media, and you know all her links and good stuff. So make sure you follow us on um, Instagram and Facebook, and then. Go in our Facebook group, Read Me Romance Headquarters, and you can talk to, I'm sure, Susan during this week. She'll be in there hanging out, doing fun stuff. So Yeah. And you guys, tell a friend about the podcast. Get a friend in here listening to us. You can keep doing this. Do it. Yeah, we're having a great time. Do it. Make sure, uh, we keep forgetting to say, but make sure you rate, review, and subscribe, which is like, if wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's on Apple or Android or whatever, there's an option to subscribe that really helps us out if you hit that subscribe button on there. And just leave us a review if you can, if you're able. That's it. All right. Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.